0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking record setting points per game in advanced wide receiver metrics on Roto-Viz up, Roto Viz Radio. Welcome into Rotoviz Radio. I'm Dave Cabin, one of the owners at Rotoviz. We are going to be talking through some advanced wide receiver metrics this episode, taking a look at some of the very aggressive paces that we are seeing from players in 2021. Unfortunately, Curtis uh, was not able to record tonight. It's been a very challenging year for him at the day job, uh, as we've talked about. So can't join us tonight, but I'm looking forward to talking with him again, Thursday night, putting out an episode that will be available Friday morning. So let's just get right into it. There are some performances occurring in 2021 that are very, very, very impressive None more so than Cooper Cup's twenty six point five PPR points per game went into the Rotovis screener, filtered by or set set the parameters to look at points per game, filtered out players that are not wide receivers, then filtered out players that didn't play a full slate of sixteen games in a season. Because I wanted to inspect where Cooper Cup would fall in terms of wide receivers since 2000. He is at the top of that leaderboard, if you will. You had Devontae Adams in 2020 setting the record last year with 25.7 PPR per game. Odell Beckham in 2014 went for 24.8. And Antonio Brown in 2015 and 2014 finished around 24.15 PPR points per game in the scoring used within the screener. So Cooper Cup, an extremely, extremely impressive start to the year. We've talked about it a couple of times now. This looked like something that would be hard to keep up from the volume perspective. Um but he might be able to stay around the 11.6 receiving targets per game that at this point have gotten him to that lofty point total. Uh, it's pretty interesting. On the list of the top 15 or so players over the last 20 years, the 11.6 is on the higher range. You did see those seasons from Devonte Adams and Odell Beckham come on approximately 0.8 targets, fewer. Uh, But this is the type of volume that you need to get yourself into this category. And this is a list filled with big names. Marvin Harrison, Randy Moss, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Terrell Owens. So you have to get more than volume, obviously. Very, very impressive what Cooper Cup is doing, and when we sit down or when I sit down with Curtis Thursday night and you get to listen on Friday, we're going to talk about how you, at this point, get your head around the value for a player like Cooper Cup, who's 28 in his fifth season, started his career a little bit later than some players after playing a full college career career. And now putting together this insane season, how you how you value that. So that's one thing we're going to talk through with Curtis when he's back next week. But the the exciting performances for wide receivers don't end there. Tyreek Hill slates in in the top 20 or so and is at 22.3 points per game. Saw so an insane target volume on Monday night and. The the trajectory of this season for Tyreek Hill has played out in, in, in a pretty interesting way when you actually look at his season week by week. And that's mainly because I would assume that most people that have Tyreek Hill on their roster, when they entered the season, weren't expecting to see as drastic of a boom and bust dynamic as we've seen. First game of the season goes for 37 points, drops down to six and then 12. Then week four explodes for nearly 48 points, followed up by 15 point performance, then a 23 point performance, and then back down to 13. What's interesting about that is he has been a wide receiver, won 43% of the time this year, no wide receiver two games. Um, if we look at 2019 through 2020, he was a wide receiver one 41% of the time, but it was a wide receiver two percent of the time. So things were holding a little bit more level from an expected points perspective this year. It has tracked a little bit more flat. He's largely been hovering um, over 18 expected points per game. The only stretch where he really wasn't there was against Baltimore and the Chargers in weeks two and three. But I guess on some level, this isn't entirely surprising given the way that we've seen Kansas City's offense function this year and Patrick Mahomes to some extent struggling from a real life perspective in comparison to what people might have expected after his first couple of years in the league, where he looked fairly impervious to um, challenging defenses or to rival defenses, defenses he was playing against. That's probably the better way to express it. Uh, But we're going to talk about Mahomes in a minute. But obviously, we also have to talk about Debo Samuel, who also pops uh, in this list from 2000 to uh, 2021. With 21.7 points per game sandwiched in between a couple of seasons from Calvin Johnson, one from Antonio Brown and another from Andre Johnson and Samuel, one of the more efficient players that you're going to see on this list at just 10.4 targets per game guys that beat him out were Calvin Johnson in 2011 and Randy Moss in 2007, that 2007 season, an extremely, extremely historic campaign for Randy Moss. So the efficiency from Debo Samuel really demonstrating itself when you look at where he is landing in this list. So those were the most impressive wide receiver performances. When I looked at the top 25 or so running backs from 2000 to 2021, did not see any names appearing. Now, perhaps we could have seen Derek Henry continue to press on and challenge to get into that grouping. Unfortunately, we're not going to get to see that play out, as we talked about earlier in the week, um, with injuries to Saquon, to Christian McCaffrey, a lot of the players that could have challenged for this are not available to to do that this year, um, which is a huge bummer. Um, As a point of reference, Derrick Henry at 24.2 PPR per game this year. I don't actually have have the running back list up right in front of me now, but I can tell you that there are some impressive performances that you would see littered through the top of that list. So I actually hit pause and look the, looked this up because I thought it was pretty interesting. At the top of this list, you're going to see a Marshall Falk season from 2000 with 32.8, Priest Home season at 31.6, another Marshall Falk season at 30.4 with Danny and Tomlinson at 30.2 back in 2006, and then the Christian McCaffrey 2019 season at 29.4. So you're starting with a pretty high bar there, which is why we don't see the season for Derrick Henry showing up at the top of that leaderboard there. His 2021 season actually ranks in at. Yeah, ranks in at 21, so still an impressive season, not quite as impressive as what we saw, though, uh, so far from Mr. Cooper Cup at tight end. Not any notable performances to speak of this year, but at quarterback, it gets really, really interesting. So I'm going to first just give you names then we can think about that and and what it means. And what it means. So towards the top of the list coming in, in the top eight names, you have Tom Brady and Josh Allen from this season. Now, Josh Allen got off to... A bit of a slow start from Josh Allen's standards with two QB2 two performances, but has had two weeks around 40 points, which has boosted his overall average offsetting. Um, another QB2 performance that he had, only one QB performance through his first four games this year. Team had a week seven bye, but has been really solid since they played Kansas City uh, with 49 points against Kansas City. 32 points against the Titans, followed up by 28 points against Miami in week eight. So, you also have Tom Brady scoring uh, incredibly well for a player at his age. Really looks like Tom Brady is going to be able to continue this trajectory as things wind down. This year has been a QB1 in 75% of games. We'll get Antonio Brown back. At some point, which should continue to allow him and maybe Rob Gronkowski again at full strength at some point this year. It's going to continue to allow him to just be accumulating a ridiculous amount of touchdowns, ridiculous amount of pass yards, uh, ridiculous amount of completions. If you open up Tom Brady on the NFL Stat Explorer on the site, you're just going to see a lot of very impressive uh, rankings coming in for him. But it's not just Alan and Brady. You have Lamar Jackson from this season putting together a very compelling campaign and he is averaging um 27.6 PPR per game. Of course, with quarterbacks the PPR component doesn't matter. Uh but when you're reading off things that's what I'm going to say. Had a ridiculous performance against Indianapolis in week 5, 48 points pulling up his average, but he's had a terrific season most rushing yards among quarterbacks. At this point, he has rushed in seven games for 480 yards, only two touchdowns so far. If he were to pick up the pace in terms of touchdown scoring, we could see him continue to move up this leaderboard. And it's not just Jackson Brady and Allen. Patrick Mahomes, despite the real-life struggles, at this point is coming in very high on this leaderboard from the two for, from the last two decades because he is averaging still 26.1 points per game. QB 171 per 71 percent of performances this year is fourth in passing touchdowns to six in passing yards, seventh in rushing yards. But it's all come together in a way that despite the on field struggles of the Chiefs, has turned into a really really good season uh from a fantasy perspective for mahomes so it's looking like he is going to finish with his what will be second uh potentially top 20 season when we're looking at the last two decades again and then also dak prescott not quite cracking the top 20 but at this point is looking like he's going to challenge to finish inside the top 20 when all is said and done this year. Uh, 25.6 points per game for Dak has been a QB1 in all but one game, which came against the Chargers in week two. So we are seeing a lot of very impressive performances from quarterbacks this season. And I also should mention that Matthew Stafford is within striking distance of landing in the top 20 of the last two decades if he were to make a very strong push in the final nine games of the season for the Rams. So this is just a really impressive season. I think that it speaks to the way that things have developed in the league, in terms of passing offense, is continuing to expand to the way that the rushing component in quarterbacks' games is reshaping the top of the leaderboards, obviously. In the case of a Tom Brady, that hasn't factored in so much, maybe not quite as much for Mahomes, but we have seen a trend continue where the quarterback position has continued to take a step forward. And the question is going to remain, do these top six, seven, maybe eight quarterbacks distance themselves enough from the pack that it changes the way we have to think about the quarterback position due to the fact that there are very substantial difference makers. I wrote a piece about this last off season. So heading, uh, I think it was, it was pretty close to when the season ended last year. Um, so that's something that I think we're going to have to come back and revisit once we get, uh, to the end of this year, because it is a pretty compelling thing to think about, but that's enough of that. I want to pop over now and let's talk about some advanced wide receiver metrics. Uh, like to take a format here where perhaps not everything that we talk about is super actionable, but it keeps us centered and focused on what's actually happening, how things are playing out. And we've talked a number of times about how it's really interesting to absorb some of these advanced stats and let that inform the way that we watch games on Sundays, Thursdays, Mondays, whenever it is. One of the things I wanted to take a look at was targets in the red zone. So Plays where a receiver uh, or a tight end, I left tight ends in this set, are being targeted directly in the end zone. The player with the most targets in the end zone this year is DeAndre Hopkins, has seen nine targets, followed by Terry McLaurin at eight, a name that's fairly surprising to see Randall Cobb at eight coming off a game where he had two touchdowns. I actually am not sure if both of those uh, were targets that came right in the end zone. I don't recall, but Cobb scoring pretty highly. Marquise Brown, which has helped him to have a great season, comes in with seven, along with Emmanuel Sanders, Marvin Jones, Jamar Chase and Chris Godwin. Cooper Cup, we talked about earlier, a six, uh, as well as Zach Paschal, uh, Robert Woods, Mike Evans, Allen Robinson, actually Michael Pittman, Mike Williams. Uh, Other names you might be interested in, Christian Kirk's at five, DK Metcalf at five, AJ Brown at five, Thielen, Ricky Seals-Jones, Chase Claypool, DJ Moore, uh, and AJ Green at five. You also have Gabriel Davis, T. Higgins, Rob Gronkowski, C.D. Lamb. But one of the other things I thought is kind of interesting as you look at this is the number of air yards that players have accrued per target on these passes. So getting a sense of are these plays where the teams lined up three yards away, throwing it to the receiver? Are there some passes in there where maybe they were 25, 30 yards away and the quarterback was looking for the receiver in the end zone? So the player with the highest um, average yards or excuse me, air yards per target, Allen Robinson at uh, 32% nearly. And it's not surprising as a result of that, that he's only completed one of these looks um, directly in the end zone. Only three were catchable. We'll look at the catchable percentage on these in a minute. Marquise Brown, though, um, has turned four of his seven targets directly in the end zone into receptions on an average depth of 21. So 21.14 was the average intended air yards for Marquise Brown, a pretty high total other players. That are up there, you have Christian Kirk at 21.2, Chase Claypool at 22, um, C.D. Lamb, um, or excuse me, Corey Davis has actually gone three out of four with an intended air yard average of 21. And then finally, Nelson Aguilar for the Patriots, uh, who has seen four, has failed to convert any at 27 If we look at the opposite of that, Robert Woods, 5.5, yet he's completed uh, three of six. So three touchdowns for Robert Woods there. Uh, Mike Evans at 5.8. You have DJ Moore at 6.4. AJ Green at 7.2. So it's kind of interesting to see the different ways that uh, receivers can be used here. Um, Dawson Knox at 8.0. Brandon Ayuk actually has seen three, um, or excuse me, four targets that, uh, came when he was in the end zone. Three of those were catchable converted, just one, but interesting to see his name here. And he actually has the lowest, um, intended air yards of all players, presumably making these throws some of the easiest, however, um, the touchdown percentage for him at just 25%, um, Whereas a player like Dawson Knox is at 75, um, Justin Jefferson, Amari Cooper, Corey Davis. Of course, with some of these small totals, that doesn't really mean too much. But in terms of quarterback wide receiver pairings that have done very well, a hundred percent of DJ Moore's looks in the end zone happen catchable. He converted three percent of those passes. Um so actually, I, I should have presented it as that the touchdown percentage that I mentioned, obviously, would, would lead us to pairs that have sunk up pretty well of players with five or more targets. You have Christian Kirk going uh, four for five, as well as DK Metcalf, four for five, and then Adam Thielen, four for five. So number, impressive numbers for those players there. Another thing I looked at this week was targets that traveled more than 20 yards in the air. So intended air yards of 20 or more. Cortland Sutton has seen 18 Marquise Brown, 18, then a drop off to Emmanuel Sanders at 15 Nelson Aguilar at 15 Jamar chase, Brandon cooks, Terry McLaurin at 14 Tyler Lockett, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Mike Williams, Deontay Johnson, Devonta Smith at 13 Cooper cups actually at 12, um, Devonta Adams, DK Metcalf, Diggs, Moore, Antonio Brown, Justin Jefferson, Robbie Anderson. The player with the highest catch percentage on these long, long targets is actually Michael Pittman. And he has seen 11, 9% of those targets were catchable. So kudos to uh, Carson Wentz for being pretty accurate downfield. Cooper Cup has 10 of his 12 targets being catchable now the actual catch percentage for Cooper cup has been really impressive um receiving nine of those 10 catchable passes nine of 12 total targets downfield so man just what a season for Cooper cup Justin Jefferson has caught three of his 10 catchable passes so he and uh Kirk Cousins struggling to actually turn these targets into receptions. Um, A completion percentage is 25%. Not as bad, though, as Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold completing just 17% of their looks. As I said, 75% for Cooper Cup. You have Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow going for 64%. Uh, So 14 of his targets that traveled more than 20 yards were catchable. And he's converted 64, which definitely helps in this fantastic rookie campaign that Jamar Chase is putting together. Tyler Lockett, 62%. He and Russell Wilson have always been pretty in sync. Um, AJ Green actually uh, has had 10 targets that traveled more than 20 yards in the air. Eight of those were catchable and he's converted 80%. So that actually is the highest rate of the top 30 players now we talked forget if it was last week about how solid kyler murray has been and i do have to say that one thing we have learned over the years is that depth of target is largely related to the wide receiver uh but I think that Kyler Murray is playing a role in AJ Green being able to convert these, given that 80% of the targets on these distances were catchable, which is really impressive. So that is just a quick look at some of those advanced wide receiver metrics. Uh, I always just find this stuff absolutely fascinating. And then in terms of touchdowns on these passes that traveled more than 20 yards in the air, Jamar Chase with the highest total um, on these plays with four touchdowns that traveled more than 20 yards in the air. So that is that is really, really impressive stuff. He's followed by Marquise Brown with three. We have a couple players at two, some at one. And from a percentage of target perspective. The chase Burrow combination stands out as the most impressive with 28.57 of these targets converting into touchdowns. The player that is the next closest is Tyler Lockett with 23% uh, as well as Amari Cooper, actually with 23% as well. The lowest total uh, is Nelson Aguilar at 6.67. So it's interesting that we see Aguilar not only showing up in the targets in the end zone list. Uh, But also on this list and not really being able to have a high conversion rate in either listing, which speaks to some of the struggles that we've seen between Mac Jones and Nelson Aguilar in comparison to Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers, perhaps. Um, So Aguilar and Jones just have, have not been able to be entirely in sync this season. Might be something worth paying attention to if we start to see things change a little bit because these are two good lists to be on, but we would definitely need to see some market improvement. So Curtis will be back with us, hopefully on Thursday night. We're going to talk some more about Cooper Cup. Going to look forward to the upcoming matches, the matchups this weekend, maybe talk a little bit more dynasty. Appreciate everybody stopping by, spending some time with me here. and we.